Chapter 11 of the Kreutzer Sonata by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Benjamin R. Tucker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Larry Kaplan. All marry in this way, and I did like the rest. If the young people who dream of the honeymoon only knew what a disillusion it is, and always a disillusion, I really do not know why all think it is necessary to conceal it. One day I was walking among the shows in Paris, when, attracted by a sign, I entered an establishment to see a bearded woman and a water-dog. The woman was a man in disguise, and the dog was an ordinary dog, covered with a sealskin and swimming in a bath. It was not in the least interesting, but the Barnum accompanied me to the exit very courteously, and in addressing the people who were coming in, made an appeal to my testimony. Ask the gentleman if it is not worth seeing. Come in, come in. It only costs a franc. And in my confusion, I did not dare to answer that there was nothing curious to be seen, and it was upon my false shame that the Barnum must have counted. It must be the same with the persons who have passed through the abominations of the honeymoon. They do not dare to undeceive their neighbor, and I did the same. The felicities of the honeymoon do not exist. On the contrary, it is a period of uneasiness, of shame, of pity, and above all, of ennui, of ferocious ennui. It is something like the feeling of a youth when he is beginning to smoke. He desires to vomit. He dribbles and swallows his drivel, pretending to enjoy this little amusement. The vice of marriage. What? Vice? I said. "'But you are talking of one of the most natural things.' "'Natural?' said he. "'Natural? No, I consider on the contrary that it is against nature, and it is I, a perverted man, who have reached this conviction. What would it be, then, if I had not known corruption? To a young girl, to every unperverted young girl, it is an act extremely unnatural, just as it is to children. My sister married, when very young, a man twice her own age, and who was utterly corrupt. I remember how astonished we were the night of her wedding when, pale and covered with tears, she fled from her husband, her whole body trembling, saying that for nothing in the world would she tell what he wanted of her. You say natural? It is natural to eat. That is a pleasant, agreeable function which no one is ashamed to perform from the time of his birth. No, it is not natural. A pure young girl wants one thing. Children. Children, yes, not a lover. But, said I with astonishment, how would the human race continue? But what is the use of its continuing? He rejoined vehemently. What? What is the use? But then we should not exist. And why is it necessary that we should exist? Why, to live, to be sure. And why live? The Schopenhauers, the Hartmans, and all the Buddhists say that the greatest happiness is nirvana, non-life, and they are right in this sense, that human happiness is coincident with the annihilation of self. Only they do not express themselves well. They say that humanity should annihilate itself to avoid its sufferings, that its object should be to destroy itself. Now the object of humanity cannot be to avoid sufferings by annihilation, since suffering is the result of activity. The object of activity cannot consist in suppressing its consequences. The object of man, as of humanity, is happiness, and to attain it, 
humanity has a law which it must carry out. This law consists in the union of beings. This union is thwarted by the passions, and that is why, if the passions disappear, the union will be accomplished. Humanity then will have carried out the law, and will have no further reason to exist. And before humanity carries out the law? In the meantime, it will have the sign of the unfulfilled law and the existence of physical love. As long as this love shall exist, and because of it, generations will be born, one of which will finally fulfill the law. When at last the law shall be fulfilled, the human race will be annihilated. At least it is impossible for us to conceive of life in the perfect union of people. End of chapter 11 Recording by Larry Kaplan